Hello and welcome to Dumber Every Day, episode three. Um, I'm going to tell you right up front, I'm a little bit sauced. So uh, I guess we'll kind of see what we get into here. I don't really have a topic in mind or anything like that. Just kind of some loose, random thoughts and then I started drinking and now here we are. I'm drunk podcasting, but I swear I don't have a drinking problem. I, I quit for 10 years and then... January and I broke up and here we are now and I live on my own and all of a sudden it's it's very possible to be drinking without uh getting nagged at so uh bad podcasting I'm texting anyway um, what's on my mind? Um, what's on my mind? Uh, Blink-182 did not have to go so hard with this new single, first of all, to make me feel like, uh, just the most wizened elder emo young old man I am, because it's a little insane to me that I can remember all these things happening, and they were years and years and years ago and here we are now in 2023 and it's all in a song so uh no uh i had a big idea for this episode i was gonna because i have all these voice notes from when um geez april and i were together as the relationship kind of slowly declined and then rapidly declined. So I have all these um, voice notes from kind of documenting my thoughts. And it was like all these things I couldn't say to her because I didn't know how they'd be received. And then, um, hang on, we're going to pivot here. Is this possible? Oh, it's possible. Oh, all right, we uh, oh, we screwed it up here. I, I stopped recording for a second. So, um, yeah, I have all these voice notes from when uh, when April and I kind of started to implode. And I was thinking I have one where I got really, really angry and just like said all the things that I didn't feel like I could say to her and I never played it for her and it kind of just lives on my phone now and anytime I start to miss her I kind of go back and listen to it just to remind myself like what had happened and how bad it had gotten and um, I was going to kind of expose myself here and like look at the low point that I had hit was someone who I, ver- I had very strong feelings for and thought felt the same about me and then it turned out not to be true at all like and like what does that say kind of about me and not so much her because you know I I still like I I deleted her off Instagram and I still have her on Snapchat and I, I don't know if she blocked my number because I haven't tried to text her since she ended things. But sometimes, and this is uh, 
this is a little embarrassing for me specifically, but like sometimes I'll, I'll post something that I think will catch her interest because she still watches all my stories and hope that she reaches out to me, even though like, I don't want her to because I, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Like, I want to talk to her because the way it ended was really unsatisfying and there was no kind of closure for me and there never will be because I'm not going to reach out to her. I, I think that would just be an exercise in how badly can I hurt my own feelings. Right. But, um, if she was to reach out to me, well, that's a different story, but, um, I don't know. I, I just kind of want to, it's just me maybe being a shit disturber. Like I just want to provoke her. And I was thinking about her on the drive home today, just because I end up driving just the way I have to get to my new place now. Like I end up having to drive past her neighborhood if that's the fastest way. So of course I'm going to, Oh fuck me God. Excuse me. Of course I'm going to think about her as I drive through her fucking neighborhood, but um, I just think it's kind of funny, like, I have this in my head that, like, I still look for you in every white Civic and white, or white sedan, right? Like, and I don't know, it's like a weird place to be because, like, I'm so mad at her and I'm so upset with her, like, like, how could you treat me like this after everything you told me and, like, you told me you understood what I was looking for and you told me you knew where I was coming from and, like, you really made it seem like, hey, we're on the same page and we want the same things. And then it turned out that that wasn't the case very quickly, um, shockingly. So I, I'm i upset, obviously. And then there's the little kid part of me that's like, well, I want to I hurt you. I want to get back at you for, for hurting me. And like, that's kind of silly, obviously. Um, it just didn't work out and she's very clearly living her best life and not thinking about me. So, um, why am I wasting so much mental horsepower on this? And I think it was just because of like how much she, she managed to hurt me and she was the first serious relationship I was in after January. And she kind of made me realize a lot of things about myself and the way I date and um, helped me work through a lot of that stuff until it was too much for her. Um, and it just feels very incomplete now, the way it ended. And I don't know, it just kind of seemed, and this might just be like Hollywood uh, perspective on things like it seemed like it should have had a more satisfying ending and it didn't. And now I'm kind of left with a lot of unanswered questions and, uh, no, like why, why did you treat me like this? Like what changed? Why didn't you ever talk to me? Um, and it's just, I don't know. I don't like a mystery. I don't like an open ending. So, this kind of drives me nuts, but 
No, I'm too proud to just reach out to her and ask her. Uh, partially because, like, I don't know how that would be received, right? Like, I feel like she was very... Um, she feels very negatively towards me, which kind of upsets me, obviously, because she was she was very important to me. But, and I swear I, <laughs> I didn't sit down to uh, do a podcast here just to bitch and whine about April and how that ended. But um, it's just kind of what was on my mind today on the drive home, and like, I don't know, I'm. I'm just frustrated with, with dating and how, I don't know if it's my lack of experience or my, just the way I am that makes this so difficult for me, but like, I'm trying like so hard to be so much more chill with May and it's so difficult to not be like I was when I was with April, but, um, I don't know if it's, excuse me, um, it kind of seems like I'm going about it a little better, like, I had to reach out today and just kind of ask her straight up, like, like, what are we doing here? Because I really kind of feel like I'm wasting my time with you, and if that's the case, like, like, I really like you, but I'm not going to invest in somebody who uh, isn't willing to kind of work with me. So, I don't know. And maybe this should, if this doesn't work out, like, this should maybe be a lesson to me about uh, dating outside my age range. Because like I said in the first episode, like I very clearly have a type here and that type is, seems to only know how to hurt me. So maybe it's time to date a woman my old, own age, but we're not there yet. Let's, uh, let's maybe learn this lesson again one more time, very painfully. Um, but I also feel like I'm in a much better spot than I was when I, when April and I got together and like, I was lying to myself and I was lying to her. And if she ever hears this, like it had nothing to do with January. Uh, I don't know why you couldn't let that go. Um, and it was everything to do with me and then it was everything to do with how you were treating me, um, on the off chance that she ever finds these or I accidentally dox myself and leaked them, but yeah, it was, she never believed me that, that I was not over January, but that there was, that I didn't want to go back to her. And I could never figure out a way to, um, kind of make her understand. And yeah, I don't just... And that's half of why I was telling somebody today, like that's half of why well, I told you, uh, the therapist yesterday when we were talking, like this is a big reason I started the podcast is because like I can communicate so well and eloquently with the written word, um, but verbally I'm very, very weak. And 
Um, and pair that with like a real lack of self-confidence and um, a lack of self-worth and value, it kind of um, makes me a walking doormat, which is what I'm trying to change and not be anymore. So um, while the therapist is building my confidence back up, I thought, well, let's pair this newfound confidence that I'm developing with maybe a newfound uh, verbals, verbal ability so that I have the confidence to say like, this is a boundary I'm setting. And if you can't respect that, then like there's the door. But at some point I think the therapist and I are going to have to kind of talk about, um, Oh gosh, I'm a, I'm a space cadet. I got to stop doing these after like I've had a real rough day like today was, but, um, oh, I totally lost my train of thought. Um, uh, at some point, like, I feel like the therapist and I are going to have to drill down and be like, okay, well, we've kind of identified like a lot of why you don't have any confidence and why you feel so negatively about yourself. But like, where does this aversion to conflict come from? And I feel like I know it's probably from my parents, um, which the therapist is just very excited to dig into my mother, which is very concerning to me. And my sister just thinks it's hilarious and says, you know, strap in. But, um, oh, oh fuck. Ice cube. Fuck. And my sister is very interested in coming on and being a guest and, um, like doing a whole episode about our mother and kind of, I think, uh, like there's a lot of drama there. Um, and I don't know, do we want to go into the Cliffs Notes? Because like, why not just have this be a rambling pile of shit again? Like throughout the last two, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, like the Cliffs Notes for it is, um, like I haven't spoken to my mother in mm, over two years now and I think my sister, it's been a year and a half, a year, something like that. But, um, yeah, my mom has really managed to kind of alienate everyone in the family and has found herself alone and no one wants to talk to her or have anything to do with her. And as usual, it's, it's everyone around her's fault. There's, there's no blame to be had for her. So but my sister has a much more um, kind of interesting insight into this, I find, just because of her her previous career and she's a little more educated than I am. Um, so she knows a little bit more about like mental health stuff and blah, blah, blah. I'm just, a, not just, but we have very different career paths. And um, so it's kind of interesting to talk to her and be like, why do you think mom is this way? And why did mom do these things and this, that, and the other? And like, why is dad like this? Um, so at some point you'll all, <clears throat> all, although it, you know what? The stupid Spotify app said that I had eight unique, eight lessons from eight unique devices, which makes me wonder like who else is listening to this beyond Kayla and my sister? Cause they're the only two I sent it to. So who else has found this and just is listening to like some random dude bitch about his mental health problems and his exes and 
like what do you even think of that but like if you're if you're um like a stranger who doesn't know me in real life like i think the spotify app like automatically puts um like a Q&A in with every episode that says like what did you think of the episode blah 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 so if you don't know me in real life like could you um like answer that Q&A and maybe just tell me like how you stumbled across this because I'm I'm curious um how anybody found this it's just interesting to me how like the algorithm and the internet works and stuff like that so um yeah if you're if you don't know me in real life and you just kind of stumbled across it or you I have a feeling a lot of people are going to find it and just think the the cover is funny because like I thought it was hilarious when I was kind of designing it in in the app <clears throat> because like I knew I wanted to call it something self-deprecating like dumber every day or something like that and then I saw that freaking picture of the goat all tangled up and I was like that's it that's the one that's this podcast in a tea it's just a confused looking goat tangled up in a rope <laughs> helpless and not knowing what to do because that's every episode so far so um <clears throat> and then the therapist said yesterday she would be <clears throat> because she's she found this very interesting, too, that this was a creative outlet I had chosen because I'm naturally just kind of a writer. Um, and it's something I kind of stopped doing after a couple of years with January just because she always wanted to read what I was writing and what I was writing about was her and, like, the problems or what I wanted to write about. So, excuse me. I swear I'll do one of these on a fucking Saturday morning so I'm not so exhausted and I'm just jiggling on coffee. But, um... Yeah, January was always real interested to like know like what are you writing about? And I had to I eventually just stopped because I was like, I can't just keep writing about um like either positive or negative things about you because you always want to read them and I don't really I'm not I don't write to share with people, I write for me, and that's the same with this podcast. Like anybody who's asked me about it, it's um it's an audio journal for me that anyone can listen to. Because I'm just kind of Maybe it's like a sense of voyeurism or something, but I'm just fascinated with like strangers listening to this and maybe it'll make you feel better about your own life that I am a 35 year old man who's just starting therapy and just starting to kind of address like years and years and years of uh, damage and I hate the word, but trauma and like, I don't know. <clears throat> And January and my sister and a lot of people nagged me for years and years to get therapy and I just rebelled because I, I was functioning. Like, I knew the damage was there and I knew I was fucked up, but it didn't really seem to affect my day-to-day -day life until it did, basically. Until it did and I... <clears throat> Um, hang 10 I need to make another drink so we were talking about um, sorry that was more than 10 minutes um, yeah how I probably needed therapy for years and just rebelled against it because like like I said I was, I was functioning um, probably not at the level everyone thought I was but um I was functioning from the outside and I looked fine and like 
made it to work every day. Um, what sort of mental state I was in some days was, was questionable, but, uh, you know, I was there and I was working and the ones who knew me knew like I wasn't all right all the time, but this was kind of a side effect I think of being with January is that I felt like I had to, I couldn't take a break. Like I couldn't do anything but move forward in my career and like take the next step because I had to provide for us and like there was no going backwards because it meant failing as the provider for her and that really led me to kind of stay in a position I I didn't feel I was qualified for and like really really stressed me out and I had ulcers and all kinds of health problems and I was I've got all kinds of grays now from from that and from her and you know it was this constant sense of like feeling like I was failing like a, as a partner and as a provider and protector for her that and in the end you know that's uh one of the things she she told me when when it ended is like uh, I don't remember how it came up, but I had said, like, like, it's my job to protect you. And she said, well, you have not been doing a very good job lately. And that really kind of cut me deep because a lot of my identity is kind of tied up in being the protector and the provider. And, like, your, your typical, like, gender role of a man, um, and not like today's definition, but, like, the actual traditional one for as as the provider for the family and the protector and a lot of my identity is and kind of was tied up in that so to have to have be told that like I failed at that really um wasn't wasn't a good feeling I guess but uh that's another one of many things I'm dealing with in therapy like like it's not all on my shoulders and it's, eh, this is just another lovely uh, gift from my mother. Um, but so yeah, I was, I seemed fine and I seemed functioning and I knew how to put the mask on, but inside I was like constantly stressed and worried about failing and hurt and fucking up and, uh, I just had this constant fear of failure. And then like, what if I lose my job? Like, what are we going to do? Like, I'm not really qualified for anything anymore after I've been in this career field for so long. Like, and I really, at the time I really, really hated my job, but, um, I felt like I couldn't quit because, um, it's a very comfortable income that I've kind of grown accustomed to and to start over and take a massive pay cut would have been a huge step back for us. And especially with me basically being the sole income in that relationship, like there, there really isn't, there wasn't an, an option, but to kind of grin and bear it and suffer and work this job that I fucking hated and was like killing me. And it all kind of came to a head around the same time. Uh, oh, that was in the one that I didn't post. But yeah, like it all kind of came to a head in that um, my career like took a huge step back, which at the time was like devastating to me because 
like I'm such a perfectionist and like to be to have happen what happened like it really felt like it just a like I had failed so spectacularly and like I was very angry at my company for a long time for doing it because I felt like a lot of it was that I wasn't given the support I needed to succeed and I was kind of just thrown into a position I definitely wasn't qualified for um and then like it was a surprise Pikachu meme when I obviously crashed and burned like and being a few years removed from it now like I can see like I wasn't ready for that role that I was in and I don't know that I'll ever go back to it like they've asked me more than one time like we'd like you to step back into a leadership role and every time I say like guys it's it's not worth it to me like like there's no there's no pay raise like it's 10 times the work like it's a lot of stress and it's a lot of dealing with you guys one-on-one and I'm sorry but for the little bit of benefits that I get uh, it's just not worth it to me to be that stressed again and to be that high strung and to technically like have to be on call 24 seven. Like, I'm sorry guys, like you're going to have to figure something else out because to me, this is not worth it. And it kind of, it got to a point there right before, uh, it all kind of fell apart where I was starting to realize like what, like what's more important, like making like as much money as, as possible or like my happiness and my mental well-being. And in the end, I kind of, this was a surprise to me because I'm very like money motivated. It was, I decided like my own well-being is, is, is much more important to me than advancing another notch up this ladder where there's a very definite ceiling of how high I can go. And I'm very nearly there at that point. Like, so now like I'm, I'm still in a kind of leadership role just right now, but it's, it's much more of like a secondary position so that I kind of get all the a lot of the perks of being in charge without a lot of the responsibility, which kind of is like the coward's way out. But, um, like I really enjoy it and I kind of just get to do my own thing and run a few guys and I don't have to stress really beyond, uh, the stuff that's in my little world and supporting the, supporting the boss. So that has been a nice change of pace for the last like 10 months to just kind of be a guy again and just kind of not have to worry about all the high level leadership stuff and have everything be on my shoulders. And I just kind of have to be nanny really and mediate the guys and kind of filter through what reaches the guy above me. And yeah. And I don't know that I would ever consider going back to the position I was in before especially with my company, because like something would have to change very, very much with uh, my superiors. And like, sorry, the money's not there. My well-being mentally and physically is just, it's not, 
<laughs> you guys aren't paying me enough. Sorry, guys. Fuck. Um, and like a lot of the loyalty I had is gone. They really kind of burn that bridge with me, unfortunately. So I don't know. It's hard to talk about with like get uh, without getting into specifics, and I'm really, I don't really want to talk about my job in any great level of detail. Um, but circling back to to kind of therapy, like January just begged, not begged me, but she would tell me like you, and especially when she kind of started, she would come to me and be like, you know, I can really see how this would help you, and I can see I know you so well at this point that like I know you have a lot of unresolved stuff from. Um, past re- a past relationship and your parents' divorce and your mom and all this stuff that's happened the last few years with her and like your um, some of that stuff. So, and I honestly at the time I couldn't afford it because I was paying for our life, and so it just wasn't really an option because on paper, like I make so much money and then. There's not a lot of subsidies when on paper you make what I do because, sorry, that number's too big. You you should be able to afford this. So there really wasn't much I could do. But now, like, I'm single and a lot more chill. And I don't know, I've, I've found the money now. And I, I started going for April, really, more than anything, because I could see that I had unresolved, like, anxious attachments stuff and insecurities, and I needed um, all this reassurance from her, and I could see that it was going to be a problem, and I wanted to try and get out in front of it, and I got out in front of it too late, and it did become too much of a problem but that was also the wrong reason to start doing it was for her and now I just kind of do it for me because going through that with her and seeing that it was kind of my insecurities and my like head stuff that kind of torpedoed it and watching it happen. And like, I couldn't stop myself. I couldn't stop seeking this reassurance, even when I could tell like it was overwhelming her and like, that's not something I ever want to happen again. And May is kind of the same way as April was. Um, but I'm dealing with it a lot better this time around because I've, I'm able to identify like you are seeking validation from from May and she is not the source of your self-esteem. She's not, um, she shouldn't, she can't affect your mood like April did. Like, and I'm able to kind of get ahead of the thoughts and kind of be like, and turn them around and say, like as an example, she may tends to kind of fall off the planet for an hour, two, two, three hours at a time when she's, and I know she's, she's studying, she's at school, she's, she's working, but I tend to catastrophize in my head that I'm being ignored. Um, 
And it really would drive me up the wall with April, especially towards the end when she was just basically ignoring me. Um, where I was like, I don't need you. I would like you to be texting me all the time, but I understand that that's not feasible. But if you're gonna like vanish for hours at a time, like can I just, could you let me know? And like, I, I guess that was too much to ask for. But with May, like I'm in a much better headspace to be like, like, you're, I can identify, like, you're freaking out over nothing. And what May thinks of you and kind of where it's going, like, you cannot let this be, like, a source of, um, that, like, an, you can't, oh, for fuck's sake, what's, what am I trying to say here? Um, like you can't be defined by this relationship and it cannot be a source of self-esteem for you. It's just, it just cratered things with April. So, and I still get anxious and flighty and kind of upset when she does it, but not nearly to the degree that I did with April. Like, um, I don't know. So I guess that means we're making progress. That's what the therapist tells me anyway, but I can definitely see how I probably should have been doing this from my early 20s, honestly. Um, but back then, I guess my therapy was kind of the bar. Um, and I know it's... I, I, I must seem like just an alcoholic because I'm always drinking when I do these. But like when January and I got together, I pretty well quit drinking <clears throat> for like 10 years. It was, it was a rare, rare occurrence for me to get like real sauced. Um, I think the only time I really broke that is when I, I was working out of town for six months and living in a house with three other dudes. And it was like, we were working 60, 70 hour weeks with one day off. So we'd come home from work and it was like, well, there's really nothing to do but talk and drink, and I kind of fucking don't want to talk to any of you guys, so you want to get shit-faced? And we would just sit down and get wasted every night. So that was the only time in 10 years, like, I really broke the the no-drinking rule. And it was for, like, a long time I would get... I would drink really heavily one night a year at my company's Christmas party because it's an open bar. Oh, fuck, I just kicked the mic. Sorry if you could hear that. Um, and... And it was like any time I, I would come home and, you know, I just I want a beer. I want a rum and coke and like a gin and ginger. Um, January would just, it would turn into this thing where she's like, are you okay? Like what happened? Did somebody die? Because it was so out of character for me to drink by that point. Uh, even though when she met me, like I was, I, I was drinking quite a bit. Um, I remember this very differently from... My stepsister was telling me like I was cranking through a couple two sixes a week back when when I was 20 to 25 and I don't remember it like that but maybe that's why I don't remember it like that is if I was cranking through that much um but I don't know January's not around anymore and it's just me so if I I, I feel like you know if I want to have one or two just to loosen up and record a podcast here so I'm not so stiff then is it really the end of the fucking world? Like, I guess we'll find out if I go... <laughs> well, 
So, I don't know. This one was kind of another rambling bucket of shit, but it's getting late here, and I need to listen back to this and see if there's anything I need to change before uh, before I post it. So, um, basically, <laughs> what lessons did we learn here? Uh, Blink-182 has decided to make all us elder emos feel uh, aged, wizened. Uh, if you think you need therapy, you probably do, because fucking everybody does. And <clears throat> I'll recommend, I'm not, we're just a baby podcast, so I'm not sponsored, but I'll recommend BetterHelp. It is, like, shockingly expensive, I have to say, but I'm lucky enough to have quite a bit of disposable income, so I was able to make that work for me, and the therapist that I found on there, I really have connected with, and she gets my sense of humor, and knows how to keep me on task or in a session. So uh, I would recommend checking it out. And if you listen to podcasts, I guarantee you one of the podcasts you like has been sponsored by BetterHelp at one point. And you can probably get yourself a little discount. Like when I signed up, I think I used uh, the code from when Andy Stumpf on Clear Hot was sponsored by them before Black Rifle bought out all his sponsorship spots for the the next couple of years so he hasn't been sponsored by them for a couple of years and his code was still valid and I got a little deal so I don't know if you think you need therapy you probably fucking do we all do sorry our parents needed it and we need it and our kids are probably need it so it's definitely if you can find a way to swing it or if your government offers subsidized stuff like definitely check it out because I definitely underestimated the value of having a neutral party to talk to. Um, And it's been very nice because I would never normally talk about my problems because I I would just tend to feel like an imposition on the, on the, on the person I'm talking to. But with the therapist, like I can kind of just ramble because like she's there to help me and to listen and I'm paying her and like, I don't know. Um, but yeah, this one came out a little better than the, the than episode two, I have to say. So um, thanks for listening. Um, hopefully these are kind of getting better slowly but surely by degrees. Um, and I swear, I don't swear, but I would like to kind of get on track and have topics and stuff. This was kind of just, I had the itch to sit down and start recording and then poured myself a drink and here we are. Uh, I'm blind, but this looks like 39 minutes later. So, uh, if you made it all the way to the end again, thank you for listening. This is Rackham and I will catch you guys in the next one. Uh, bye-bye.